Hey everybody, it's Wendy Dickinson with Ascend. Welcome to part two of my conversation with the CEO of UP Pro Solutions, Michelle Wink. This season, we're focusing on family businesses and we're taking a look at how the decisions made in the business can impact the family's abilities to navigate personal relationships as well as their careers. It's been a great conversation with Michelle so far. And she's talked about the beginnings of her father's engineering firm in Louisiana. Her three older brothers join the firm. Then her youngest brother joins the firm. And then fast forward 20 plus years and by then even Michelle's working in the business. So all five of the siblings are working for the family business. Michelle becomes CEO of UP Pro Solutions, which is starts off as a subsidiary of the engineering firm and then is split off from that company while her brothers stick with the engineering firm. And the transition happens, but it's not according to plan. It's heartbreaking and heartwarming, and it's a real life story of business. So stay tuned for the second half. And if you didn't catch the first, I recommend it. So we're approaching 2002, 2003. Um, my my marriage started to uh, unfold, and. Um, so it was a, it was a challenging time. Uh, my parents were both still coming into the office. At this point in time, uh, the two companies were in different locations. One was in in the downtown New Orleans area. The the company that I run today was downtown. Actually, we just moved from there. We were there for eighteen years. Mm. Um, and the engineering firm was was out in in an east, eastern section of New Orleans, and then Katrina happened. Um, August of two thousand five. Actually, today's the anniversary. Oh my uh, goodness! The f- fourteen year anniversary of the storm, August 29th, two thousand five. Um, so that created. It was it was an upending event for so many people. I mean, here in New Orleans, and and for us, it 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 uh, it became uh, upending not only because uh, many of our homes were were underwater by eight, well, I'd say from three to twelve feet, um, and and our business took on water. Uh, we had a, a, a fairly large building, um, that we owned that the engineering firm occupied. It was about 32,000 square feet. It had water. That area of town didn't get services back for probably almost 12 months. Oh my um, so it, it, uh, it, it altered so many things. Mm-hmm. And my parents at that point, essentially stepped away from the business. Um, they were still attending board meetings. They still owned the majority of the stock in both companies, because we haven't even talked about stock, but um, my dad held on to the majority of stock in, in both companies during this whole time frame um, for a reason. <laughs> and uh, so they... They had two homes that were just, 
that were damaged or completely destroyed. Uh, their home in Mississippi was completely washed off the foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were really busy with all of that. Mm-hmm. And and that's when my brother, my oldest brother, was kind of like really just making a lot of decisions um, that my father was completely just focused on the, the, the remediation of his, his property um, and and not not really engaged in the day-to-day. I mean, he had stepped away from the day-to-day a lot. Don't mm-hmm. I don't want to miscommunicate uh, that. But, sure. but at that point, it was kind of like, okay, I don't, they gave up the office. They, you know, they stopped coming in to that office on a regular basis and uh, how to explain this. My, so my oldest brother, here he is, um, he's still really trying to adjust to his role. Um, his he when he took over as president, he 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 knew he wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. He struggled a lot in the in the beginning, and I think the event of the storm gave him the space to say, "All right, I got this," and. He um, he purchased a lot of real estate. Um, he he ramped the company up to uh, service much larger scope uh, spend projects. Uh, was driving the company towards uh, a place where we would be competing with some very large industrial um, EPC companies. And um, that's a tough. That was a tall order. Yeah, that's uh, a lot more risk. It sounds like than what your dad was uh, was comfortable with. Yes. Mm. Yes. And um, but you know it was it was kind of going and blowing. They were at that point in time. I think um, the the engineering firm was the largest one of the largest privately held engineering firms in the state. Mm. Uh, they had about, I think, 600 or so employees. Mm-hmm. And um, so sizable, sizable operation. And um, they did pick up a lot of big projects and they started executing on them, but they didn't all go very well. Um, there were some investments made in some foreign activities that didn't go very well. Mm. And then we had um, the next crash, right, in in the recession of 2008. Yes. Um, so a lot of this, so what of the, our, our clients will, whatever large capital projects they can stop, they stop them. So, you know, you've got like almost this immediate, the the faucet's cut off and you've got all these people, you've got these projections for spend that you're not getting revenue in. So it, it caused some problems financially. In addition to a lot of spending, this, the, the recession um, really knocked them for a loop and um th- at that point we were 
they were approached in 2009, yeah, 2009, the, the engineering firm. At this point, I really have no, K- Katrina did that as well. Katrina really pulled the two companies completely apart. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we we started developing, we had some shared resources in terms of accounting, IT, um, HR, that kind of thing. We shared those functions. Mm-hmm. Katrina forced that to be separated mm. um, because they moved to Baton Rouge, actually. They, the engineering firm never came back to New Orleans. And um, so I really was completely out of, I had my hands full being, I was made president and CEO of, of UP in February of 05. So I was kind of learning, I was in a baptism by fire situation myself. Yes. <laughs> and um, and um, they ended up getting an offer. Uh, a purchaser came in and said, we'd like to, to buy the company. And uh, we sold that company in 2009. And um, it, uh, it ended up becoming um, a bit of a fire sale because mm-hmm. there, the working capital was, was uh, compromised through some of the different things I mentioned earlier, overspending, um, projects that, that didn't go well combined with the recession. And the storm, so, I imagine. Oh, the hurricane. Yeah, that yeah. little thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, well, that, that had a silver lining, too. Um, a lot of the, the recession for us, actually, was sort of delayed because of Katrina, because there was so much federal money coming in mm. to, to the area, and there was a, still a lot of building going on. Um, but, but it finally arrived here. And, and so, Michelle, Around. how did your family feel? How did your parents feel and your brothers? And, and did they continue on with the company or did they, when it was sold or looking back on They that. did. They did. Uh, so my three oldest brothers uh, stayed. Uh, they were employed by the purchaser. Mm-hmm. And uh, they all had, as they did even before, all had different roles. Um the purchaser appointed someone else as president. So my oldest brother lost that role Mm -hmm. in the sale, which was a challenge uh, for him and and my parents. Um, And uh, and my my other two brothers, I mean, I think they all ended up uh, having to to take some reductions in pay. It was a big, big, big shift for people who, for the most part, for their majority of their careers were accustomed to being their own boss. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of resentment um, around how they got there and why they got there and, you know, finger pointing and things like that. Um, and the company has actually been sold was sold again in 2014, uh, I believe it was, to, no, 2000, yeah, 2014, to another entity. 
And um, that was actually, that's been a positive thing, I think, for from for my brothers, uh, local, a, a local um, investor invested in it. And um, that has, that's been a more successful model. And so that's, that's been positive. My oldest brother just recently left to take a job with a client. So he, um, he just started a new job with, um, interestingly, the company that was the engineering firm's very first client. Oh, wow. Ever real client. If, if that's not crazy, right? Full circle. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, wow. Um, yeah, it's it's a small world. So, um, you know, uh, where we are today, my parents are still alive. Uh, they're 86 and 87. Um, we still get together as a family. Uh, I think, you know, the there's still tension. There's still uh, some feelings that uh, that have you know there, there, there's no doubt there's been scars mm-hmm. through it all. Yeah. Um. So that's um that's where we are. Uh, my my company the the one I'm running my my parents. I do now own 51% of it. Um, my youngest brother owns about 30. My parents still have a small, uh, maybe, I don't know, 10, 10% at the most. And I bought two of my brothers, two of my older brothers out. Mm-hmm. Um, my uh, oldest brother did not want to take the buyout. Um, so he still owns about 14%. He has, he's a passive investor. Mm-hmm. He hasn't come, come in and tried to, 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 to make any change or, um, direct anything. So that's, that's worked fine. Um, I do have an outside board of directors and, um, I have more outside members than inside, uh, which scares a lot of people. They're like, well, you know, if the board, if you don't have more insiders than outsiders, what if they vote against the insiders? It, that hasn't, I mean, this hasn't been my experience. They're going to, you know, a, a good board is going to guide you, um, give you advice if you pick the right people. And as far as operational decisions, they're going to go with with what you believe is best, in my experience, mm-hmm. uh, as long as they, they can see a line of sight to rationale and competency in, in what you're doing. So, so your, this, this, these series of experiences have had long-term impact on you and your family. And it sounds like many, uh-huh. many of your business practices you have gleaned as a result of these experiences. So, Michelle, what other takeaways did you have that you would encourage our listeners to take note of? Um, I think, first and foremost, you should start with the end in mind, which mm-hmm. 
what is your succession plan? Um, when, when you start up, you should have your succession plan. You may not have the details, but you should have some kind of exit strategy. Um, it seemed when, when I was first given that advice, uh, I said, well, wow, that sounds kind of extreme. Um, but in looking back, I think if, if we had had that kind of a perspective, mm-hmm. we, we would have made different decisions along the way. Um, setting expectations mm. is important and, um, you know, I, I believe, uh, transparency is, is very important and, and making sure your kids learn if you are planning on bringing another generation in that they learn early that the um, coming to work for the family business is not a right, it's not an entitlement. Um, putting in place good um, documentation regarding the truly the, the terms and conditions under which the next generation comes in. Makes sense. It's critical, it, and uh, one of the most critical things, I think, one of my biggest takeaways has been that uh, a, a, a new, the new generation needs to go out and do something outside of the family business and establish their own success outside of the family business. So, a couple of my siblings came in without that, yeah. and I think they're all, you know, it, you, you tend to always question, well, what if I... You know, was was I successful because I was a family member, mm. or you know, if if you don't go out and and get that experience, I think you you really you're not being you're not setting your your kids up for success, bringing them into the, the business without them having the opportunity experience working outside of the company. Mm-hmm. So that's one of my biggest takeaways. And and I really appreciate. The three of them. So it sounds like you're you strongly feel that um, having a clear, clearly communicated and clearly documented succession plan with specific mm-hmm. learning and experience goals that are stated right. to dictate yep. um, the the succession path, and then also outside advisors who can yeah. act as a board, and then absolutely. Finally, it sounds like paying equal attention to each individual's identity. So, again, mm-hmm. gaining experience outside of the family business, but also really recognizing who each person is and what gifts and attributes they bring to the company. Right. And and I think we having having good advice from multiple advisors. I mean, a lot of businesses, they, they look at, okay, I need, I need a tax attorney, right? Mm-hmm. I need, um, insurance guy. I need, I need a, um, a CPA. What, what the Tulane Family Business Forum brought to us and what other advisors that are out there 
bring that none of those people bring is sort of that uh, softer side to the relationship dynamics of a family business. So many of the the subject matter experts that that I've um, sat in on learning um, sessions with, the most value I've gotten are the ones that deal with how does the relationship amongst the people work. I mean, anybody can do taxes. You know, anybody can write you a will. Uh, It comes down to getting some really good advice, I believe, on the dynamics of family business as it comes as it comes down to the relationships and and how a second generation cannot run a business like the first generation mm-hmm. that that was a huge lesson we learned my, my oldest brother stepped into my father's shoes with the perception that well I'm going to just do everything the way he did it right well it's not the same you're no. not the dad <laughs> you're not the patriarch you're just one of us and they're know? different people um, right living in a different right. time and, and so right. it makes, you know, I have to tell you that what you just shared with the listeners is so near and dear to my heart, because what I want to point out mm-hmm. to everybody that you, you have highlighted several times is while the engineering firm is gone, it's no longer owned by your family, the, mm-hmm. the various experiences, the various, um, you know, perceptions and, and impact on the family relationship still exist today. They do. So those softer things may seem like less of priorities. However, I think right. that you've just made the case that they are the longest lasting. They they really are. Mm. Uh, I've had a few arguments with some CPAs about that. Well, sure. Uh, you know, oh no, it's most important to get the you know the taxes right, and the, the, I mean all that's really important. Mm-hmm. But um, but getting guidance in in those and how you navigate the relationships, the in-laws, the, the mm-hmm. grandchildren, the, you know, all of that. Yes, and going back to several of the things you said earlier, I mean, it's everything from the attention that your, your father and mother gave to the third generation to the, mm-hmm. the various, you know, things that they did which they thought were best practices in as far as putting an outside board mm-hmm. together and those things. So so I think the message here is is that we really as as good stewards of our businesses cannot afford to ignore any aspect if we want to be successful. Yes. That that's true. Yeah, and and Yeah, and and you're the you're the steward of the business mm-hmm. that ended up being scalable but also sustainable. Knock on wood, yes. We yeah. are there. <laughs> okay. Knocking. <laughs> um, and and for, so I have two children, um, and my youngest brother has two children. Um, really, the my oldest is has, has had some interest and expressed some interest. He's 27 now. Mm-hmm. Um, I have really discouraged him from taking a role here because I don't believe he's gotten that experience he needs outside to find his own success independent of the family business. Mm-hmm. So 
there's it, the opportunity is there, uh, but um, but I've I've guided him away from away from it at this point in time. Mm. Maybe maybe down the road a few more years, um, and and I told him the same thing. Uh, my father told me, you know, I, I can't create a role for you. Right. You have to fit a need that we have. Yes which is important to recognize. Well, Michelle, I, I think we no. should close there, but I tell you what, I think we could have another conversation about that. <laughs> so yeah. I, I really, yeah. I thank you so much for sharing these experiences, painful and, and best practices. And I admire your willingness to share your, your insights and you've given us all a chance to learn through your experience. And I especially appreciate your key takeaways. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, Michelle, if our listeners would, would like to contact you, how would you like for them mm-hmm. to reach out? Um, I would love uh, to hear from anyone who who would like to, to reach out to me. And I think the best way to do that would be to call my direct line or to email me. My phone number is 504 504- Five six one one six five two, and I can be reached by email at Michelle W at UP Pros. It's Michelle spelled M I C H E L E W at UP P R O S dot com. Thank you so much, listeners. Thank you. If you'd like to learn more about working with me as your coach, feel free to call me at 804-372-7575 or go to my website, ascendtosell.com. I would love it if you would leave a review on iTunes and share this podcast with your contacts. Thanks so much, everybody, and have a good day.